Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park. Thrilling, unpredictable, and potentially stomach-churning. What works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind. Our hosts and guests, they're awesome, knowledgeable, full of insights, but we're not financial advisors. So don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter. Always consult with a professional or do your own research. Plus, let's face it, we like to have fun, laugh, enjoy the trading ride together. It's all in the name of good podcasting fun. So remember, take it easy, don't bet the farm, and keep your seatbelts on at all times. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the China Shop, home of the Band of Traders podcast, also sometimes known as the St. Louis Chess Club. I'm your host, Kyle. Tonight, I'm joined by Fonta Trading co-founders, Mr. Banks and Baba Yaga. Tonight's show, we'll be discussing why our panelists only trade certain products, followed by some reminiscing on the people that have helped us most on our journey into the markets. After that, we'll take a look at our past week in the Good, Bad, and Ugly segment for wrapping up with some new bold predictions. Before we check in on last week's results, let's get that self-promotional shit out of the way. So, Next week, Baba and I, we're trying to record with Vico from Trade Pro Academy. But it has proven slightly difficult getting schedules lined up, so it may be a week off. Uh, there may not be an episode coming out next week if we can get that lined up. Uh, on the positive side, though, Banks and I are going to be starting a new mini-series with Eric Mason, focusing on economics and how we can use that information to inform our trading views. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at FinancialInept1. Join the Discord if you want to get updated when episodes drop. You can even listen in live on these recordings and heckle us in real time. Uh, last but not least, the shameless website plug, bandoftraderspodcast.com. Browse that guest directory. Check out the deals and discounts we've collected over the past three years. Help support the show. Thanks, Baba. You guys want to get some plugs in? Plug away. Oh, plug away? Um, Plugs. What's plugs? You know, um, come hang out with us. Uh, we have uh, we have a free trial. We haven't talked much about that lately, but in Vanta, um, there's a link probably in the episode description to get you to the uh, the Discord, the combined Discord. So there's the shop side and the Vanta side, and we have people drop in from time to time. We do a two week free trial, and we'd love for 
for people to come hang out. Part of that, if you so choose, includes a trader evaluation where Banks and myself ask, uh, give you this sheet to fill out, and that's about eight pages long, and um, it's very uh, it's very in depth. And then we kind of schedule a call for about 30, 45 minutes and go over it. Um, just try to help give a perspective, an outside perspective on maybe some of your strengths and some of your weaknesses. I love it, man. Um, also, too, if you've already used your trial link, you can still uh, get access to another one just by winning the M period challenge. So. That's true. You can you you could win the Empire Challenge and get a free trial, and you could also, um, like just send myself or Banks or Kyle a message on Discord <laughs> know, right? if you did one before, and we you, you maybe we had someone like do one a while back, and then work got busy and they didn't trade for like half the time, so they were like, "Hey, I'd love to do that again." And we're we're pretty we're pretty chill about all that. So. If you've done it before and want to come hop in for a couple more weeks, just hit us up, man. We'd we'd love to love to have you come put eyes on things again. So what Dan always used to say, it's always better with friends. Yeah, always yeah. better with and friends. And dude, it's been it's been uh, it's been fun the crossover between the podcast, the shop side, um, the Vanta side, and just the communal aspect that's kind of um, has happened lately. It's been really fun. Um, it's, it's been really cool. So. Yeah, well, all those links will definitely be in the episode description. Check them out, man. Show these guys some love. All right, should we check in on last week's bold predictions? Let's check in on last week's bold predictions. Well, I know why you're excited. What did you predict again? You said no one else in your house would get sick after your kid brought home uh, the flu, I think? Yeah, it was like a stomach bug kind of thing, yeah, that she brought home. And um, it was pretty rough for 24 hours or so, and... We have a big family, so usually if one person gets sick, everyone does. Yeah. So my bold prediction was that no one else would get sick, and we straight dodged that bullet. How? What did? What was your I, secret? <laughs> dude, I don't know. My wife walked around with Lysol can in each hand. So like maybe that that's what did it. <laughs> wow, that's. I was very incredulous. I'll eat crow on that one, I guess. Well, that's that's funny in the episode or description or somewhere you said the quote like he said bold not or what did you say bold not insane it, bold insane. not insane because somebody was like there's no chance that uh, Banks that's gonna be a little bit I think before we see any of those rate cuts uh, how did your short term prediction go uh, was it my daughter yeah yeah the gymnastics yep. one yeah she uh, she won first place again all right so we know what you're doing uh, this week huh now yeah I gotta feel like I I gotta continue that. She doesn't have a competition two weeks from now, does she? No, so she has a competition next Friday, which is why I won't be here. All right, I was just going to say, if you're, if you're going to miss a Friday and not be able to get a prediction in, that might put you in some trouble. Yeah, I don't think she'll like me if she doesn't win first place and I don't put it out there. <laughs> right, I don't think she it? knows I'm doing this. I've told my wife, but uh, yeah, my daughter doesn't know it. No? Nope. How old is she? She's only like seven. She wouldn't probably... Yeah, she's uh, six turned seven in April. Yeah, she probably wouldn't even care. No, not at all. All right, well, I haven't seen any news about Burry opening up any new shorts, although I think I saw he closed out a semiconductor short, so actually kind of completely wrong. He closed out one, not opened a new one. So, I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens sometimes, man. Yeah, well, 
maybe we can do better this uh, this week. We'll have to wait till the uh, the end. We'll get to those uh, before we close up the show. But for now, I think it's time to move on and hit our first topic. So this one comes from Discord, but has to remain anonymous. Uh, what they wrote was they wanted to know why someone would prefer NQ versus ES, under what conditions, and what are they known for? Uh, Baba, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier, and I think we opened up this mm-hmm. discussion to a little bit wider. Like, why do you guys trade the products that you trade? What are the characteristics of some of them? And then do you guys trade multiple products, or do you just stick with one? Yeah, that's uh, – so – which end of that question do we want to start with first? I mean, so it's like four questions in one. Normally you start from the beginning, but I'll let you hit it from whatever <laughs> angle you want. No, no, no. So <laughs> what was the first, uh, what was the first part of that? Which products do we trade? Uh, why would someone prefer NQ versus ES or why do you prefer the products that you prefer? Like what makes them different? Why are they, why do they appeal to you? Yeah. So I have traded pretty much everything at some point or another. Mm-hmm. I mean, from crypto to bonds to commodities, oil, gold, silver, uh, nat gas. Oil. Oil. Orange juice. Um, Arbob. Corn. Pork bellies. No, no OJ. <laughs> I traded um, I traded copper for, for a short amount of time. That was basically like, like the cousin to uh, silver, hmm. you know. If you're right, you're really right. <laughs> but if you're wrong you better get out <laughs> like there's it's pretty rough um and 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 i started actually with we uh, banks and i both sort of traded cl um on the front end of our trading adventure i feel like that was i don't really know why cl and gold were more what we were trading in the very beginning but i settled into nq a few years ago um and I think the main reason for me was was the number of opportunities that you have on NQ throughout a day. I feel like ES, um, at least at that time, and I haven't paid enough attention to the ES market to know how completely true this is right now, um, or let's say in the last six months. I mean, I look at ES, but the nuance of how it moves. But I know with NQ... There, there, there's going to be a handful of opportunities to be a part of a, a pretty good, a pretty good op, uh, trade. Most days, most days NQ is not going to stay in a 40 or 50 point range. Most days within 20 minutes of the open, you're going to have a range expansion, you know, greater than, you know, 40 points or 50 points. Um, and then, and then those uh, secondary expansions off of that are going to still yield enough points and have enough breadth to them to even if you miss the first impulse move, there'll there'll be a pretty saucy you know opportunity a second entry. So mm-hmm. I feel like you're with NQ, although you can get drawn into thinking you have to buy every you know every pullback or every dip. I feel like NQ is going to give a handful of opportunities throughout a session. And I feel like ES is a little more stringy with the repeat opportunities. Um, Like you sit around and wait for just like this price action or this certain level to hit or this certain setup. And like, you better get it when it happens because you know, it's, it's not going to be as gratuitous um, with the opportunities, so that that was the main reason that and the and the 
you know, the directional aggression that you see out of NQ a lot of times. Why do you think that is? Like, why are they so different? Uh, I mean, well, it's the, the makeup of the index itself is one. So there's a, the volatility is higher because the, because it's tech. the number of, yeah, well, it's the market that it represents. And then also the, the number of, the number of companies represented in the NASDAQ, obviously with the S and P it's a much broader, you know, balanced, um, aspect of the market mm-hmm. and then we're really zooming in on the tech sector which generally speaking is probably second in volatility to like the biotech small caps and you know what i'm saying like right. uh, i talked to someone the other day who tr- used to trade penny stocks and they now trade nasdaq and they're like dude the nasdaq moves like a penny stock huh. um huh. and so th- there's you know something to be said for that uh sector uh singularity of sector and that that sector is also kind of volatile um and it just creates a market um that's kind of expands is there a fund for bio stocks is there a Um, product that we can i don't there's 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 definitely a um there's definitely an etf there's not a futures contract um tied to like a broad spectrum biotech i don't I, i know that i don't know if there's a um, like an index for biotech, but I'd be curious to see what that looked like if that ever got put together. But that would be like crack. It probably would go bankrupt pretty quick. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It'd be swapping <laughs> out names like every other week. <laughs> it looks like there is yeah, we could look into that, but um it's gonna be, you know, I mean in the same way that the Russell behaves the way it behaves mm-hmm. because of what what's what it what it represents, I think you see that's that's kind of the the same the thing that gives it that personality is going to be the, is kind of similar for Nasdaq and you know I mean these companies in the tech sector especially with uh, the AI stuff and chips and um, what are uh, like graphics cards and all of that kind of stuff being such a wild um, space right now right. and even and for the last ten years um, so yeah. And is that the only product you trade or do you uh, bounce between different ones? So that's, yeah. So right now I would say, I think I've traded CL one time in the last three months, once or twice. And I've traded um, UB once or twice and I've traded ES once in the last six months, probably Hmm. outside of that. It's, it's all NASDAQ. And that's something that I'm interested to, um, we talked a little bit about this, but I'm definitely um, thinking about a closer watch on um, on some other stuff mm-hmm. because there is times we look back and let's say we hit that lull or we you know get to a place where we're finished with a trade or we're in a runner or something, and we, and you look back at ES or look back at NQ, I mean uh, the Dow or um, even UB. And it's like, oh my gosh, that was such a clean setup. <laughs> and usually, banks is the, is taking those, you know, in the background in silence. Right. Um, yeah, I've noticed really that banks silence, likes to trade but... a lot more, a lot more variety than I think uh, yeah. most of the people I've met. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's I think that's something I want to kind of grow towards. The fear is the lack of familiarity with the nuance of how it moves, because I'm like super familiar with, like, if you have. I mean, there's just things that NQ does that you just expect, you know, mm-hmm. that if you're not familiar with it, you're going to be like, oh, no. And then 
you're right back to your entry. Right. Um, those kind of things I'm not familiar with on other products. That's the downside. The upside is sometimes their setups are way cleaner. Or if you're looking to be on the long side of equities generally, and you see the one like compare ES and NQ and Dow, and one of them is clearly a lot stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there probably is some advantage to what banks is doing and probably could stand to, well, uh, to look at more. Let's uh, before kind of dive into that one. Why don't you answer the first part of that question for you, Mr. Banks? Uh, like which assets do you prefer and why? Um, yeah. So I, I mean, I really prefer probably ES or NQ. I would say NQ probably just for the sense of the risk reward on those trades. Um, you know, and, and I think where that came into play was trading micros, mm-hmm. um, you know, really trading micros on ES to me just didn't make any sense um, in the sense of that, you know, when you get those small point moves and it's a dollar 25, right. um, you know, a tick, it, it just didn't make any sense. So those bigger outsized moves on NQ, those, those micro, you know, made sense. And I think that's when I switched over. So I started with crypto and then for some reason came into futures and traded oil. Um, not sure exactly why, <laughs> Um, I just like the way it moved. I like structure on it. And then, so it was oil and gold. And then from there, I, I went into NQ. And then actually, the first time I traded NQ, I was like, dude, how do people trade this? Yeah, that was it's, my first thought. It's insane. Thought. It moves so quick. And then, so I went over to ES. And then, and then I was like, man, this is kind of boring. <laughs> so, so that's when <laughs> yes. I kind of went, that's when I made the switch back. So it was kind of the, just that weird change of just kind of like once you understand the product Mm -hmm. and understand like the, uh, the nuance of, you know, we call it an NQ special. Um, all that is, is just, you know, you're, you're going to have those times where just doesn't really make any sense, but you know, as, as, as much as you see it, you know, it's coming. Um, and, and these other products, I mean, I, I really like, you know, in the past, you know, even January I've traded UB, uh, crude gold, and then the indexes. Um, so I, I've, I've, I've traded all five of those. Um, I don't really, I've messed around with RTY. I don't really trade a lot of RTY. I, I did trade a little bit of Dow last year. I was um, told you guys swore off of RTY. Yeah. You, you remember the, <laughs> how we finally just decided we, we messed with RTY for like a month and we were like, you know what? No, never again. <laughs> this thing could die and go straight to hell. <laughs> well, and, and RTY is weird because like, it'll just open up and be, 15 points up or 15 points down. And, and I'm thinking like, why would that, why, why did it do that? <laughs> it's like, you know, the indexes are holding steady and RTY is just on its own little rocket mission to the moon. Right. And, uh, it just, it, it, it just didn't really make a lot of sense to me now. I mean, I haven't looked at it, I don't know, charting wise in probably six months. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're doing a, you know, stuff differently. Maybe it would make more sense now, but but yeah, I mean, to that, you know, to that question, I mean, I probably prefer um, NQ. Uh, my second product would probably be ES and then and then probably going crude, bonds, gold, if I had to pick. Any other ones that you mix in there or is it just those five? Um, I mean, I look at some other products, but I mean, I've traded in the past a lot more products than that, kind of like what, you know, Bob was saying. But I've kind of like to stick to those five because, I mean, the way that I think about it, you have... 
you know, you have the indexes, you have bonds when looking at that. And then usually if those two are kind of screwing around, mm-hmm. um, crude is probably going to have a decent setup. Gold, gold kind of goes a little bit with the indexes and, and bonds in a way. Uh, but crude, you know, crude, you know, I've, I've seen it where it moves similarly to the indexes, but I would say more often than not crude sets up and bonds set up more structural, um, and, and tend to hold those structural points that you're kind of looking at, or at least that I look at. I've heard people say that before, especially about crude, but I've also heard it called the widow maker and I wasn't quite sure what the reasoning for that was. No, that's silver. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. 100% that's silver. Uh, no, I mean, you know, crude can be, crude can be an issue when you try to jump in front of the train. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if it's on a day like it was today where we went, I don't know, like $4 up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, you have spots that you are going to try to short on that and you will just keep losing all day long. Um, and crude just has those days, especially like down days, you know, you'll move 50 points, you know, 50 cents, get a 25 cent pop up and all of a sudden we're trading 75 cents lower. Right. Um, and then, you know, those same, those same buyers that come in and then they take their, but it's just a one way train and it, and it can be that way. And that's probably my biggest advice on crude. If, if you're starting to look at it is if it's moving one way, don't try to make it go the other (laughs) because it's not going to. (laughs) Dude, what do you think about like the, uh, there's, there's a little, uh, there's a little like, risk with crude in the news i think it's a little stronger of a risk than um than like indexes index like broader indexes or something um you know so like i feel like something crazy happens overseas crude's gonna respond pretty yeah pretty over the top and that. that like you know, if you, if you were trading that often, how would you mitigate squawk box. How, or how do you mitigate that? Cause you're, you're in crude a, a fair amount. Yeah. So the, I mean, I mean the way that I trade, I mean, I would say I probably go quicker to break even than probably I should. Um, and, and maybe it's because of that factor of I've had those situations happen mm-hmm. where you get, you know, you get a, well, I've been on the benefit of that. Uh, but I've also seen it, you know, where you, you know, all of a sudden we have something where something comes out news related, OPEC does this or Saudi Arabia or the Middle East, you know, one of those countries is cutting oil production or whatever. Um, and, and, and you're right. I mean, that's, I mean, it's the same way with like a, like a Trump tweet, you know, right. If you're, if, if you're in the indexes, I mean, you're, if you have no stop, you're screwed. Um, you Even know, if you have so, a stop it, sometimes you know, it doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get slippage. That's yep. for sure. Um, you know, especially with the liquidity that's on crude. Um, so yeah, I mean the way the way that I trade crude is I try to get core at least off quicker, mm-hmm. and then be you know positioned in runners, and then potentially maybe add to that on those you know those bigger outsized move days where you know you could potentially move a dollar or two um, and be adding to that position, but you already have your core off. Right, right. Uh, when you were mentioning about it, like the one-way freight train that it tends to have, is that because it's a commodity and actually has like a physical deliverable that makes it trade differently than like, say something like a stock or a basket of stocks? Yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, but when you think of like the index or even think of like the way that bonds trade or something like that, Mm -hmm. like crude to me is it's its own product. Um, You know, when you think of the indexes, like 
you know, in queue, there's, I don't know how many products are inside of that, you know, inside of that product. Uh, but you, you know, you're going to have your technology companies and all that. So, but in crude, when something happens news related, um, it tends to be just about that single product. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the sense of the way that I view it is when, when there's those one way trains and it's news related, um, they're probably going to take it to the very edge of where they want to take it. And anything in between there that you have a structure wise is probably going to get just chopped through. Right. Um, and, but, but on like, you know, on NQ and ES, I mean, you, you have other products that are inside of those Apple, you know, Tesla, all those kind of products that those have structural levels mm-hmm. to where people watch those specific stocks. So the only thing that I can think of that makes sense with that is, you know, you're going to have buying and selling at specific products. Now it may get pushed through, but you might get a, a decent size bounce before that level gets taken. Gotcha. And crude, you know, crude and bonds there it's, it, you know, there's less liquidity in those markets as well. So it's mm-hmm. a lot easier to move. Um, and it's, it's kind of own product in a sense. So when, you know, when you, when the you know market makers want to move that product, it makes it a lot easier to do so. Um, and the only thing that they're pushing through is retail traders. Oh, okay. I thought there's more pros in crude. That's why I've always stayed away from it. Well, no, I mean, I mean, there's there is a lot of pros in crude, and I mean, when you think of the way that the futures market started, I mean, you know, you're you're hedging your bets on certain things. So you have all these oil, you know, oil companies and stuff like that. But in, in the sense, I mean, OPEC. Um, and a lot of, you know, like all those, you know, Middle Eastern countries that are producing oil are kind of running the market. Okay. So uh, do you have any, um, any advice or recommendations for people who want to start looking at more products, like how to start tackling that? Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, on, on the way that I look at it is I view every product the same, um, in the way that I'm charting up those products. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm looking at NQ or ES, I'm looking at the, you know, the same way that I'm looking at NQ and ES, I'm looking at the other products as well. So it's no different to the way that I kind of plan out the day. Um, and, and with the way that we're looking at stuff now, it makes it a lot easier, um, to look at those products and just have it already prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, you know, my main advice would just be to look at those products kind of similarly or find a way to look at it the same way as what you're looking at the indexes. Um, and then from there you can kind of build around, you know, that process. Do you spend more time with like each one then, or are you spending most of your time still with like your core product that you trade and then like your spare time then during the rest of the day, you can kind of flip over and start looking and seeing what's going on. Yeah. So when I'm like, when I'm doing my, like my prep is I'll Mm -hmm. prep everything all at once. And then I'll, I'll look at ES and NQ and typically when there's not a trade setting up, I'll be flipping between all the products and just to okay. see where, you know, where positioning is. Because, I mean, you're not going to be like, unless you're watching that fully all the time, mm-hmm. you're probably not looking for a specific setup, which I'm not, I'm not looking on crude and UB, um, you know, all the time on those specific setups. So the way that I'm looking at it is I want to be looking more at the indexes just because I think that there's more possibility in those indexes uh, for the trade setups that I look for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then going forward is, you know, if we're kind of at a point or where time is telling me that I need to take a pause on what I'm looking at on the indexes, that's when I go back and flip through the other products and see if there's something that's setting up on that end. So I like that. Cause if nothing else, it like distracts you from 
trying to force entries on your main product. I think I could find, I think I could find that very useful for myself. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that was one of the you know main reasons why I kind of to start do that. Uh, because, you know, when you're watching NQ and watching ES, it's very easy to be like, well, I could find a trade here. Mm-hmm. I could get into a trade here and make this work. Right. Um, and I, and I think with those other products that are hanging out there, you know, and watching those, it, um, it brings light to, you know, I probably shouldn't be in this. Let's, you know, let's take a look at these other products and see if we can have an A plus setup on those products. Yep. Baba, any uh, questions you want to ask or follow ups on that? Yeah, I think so. You just have the same, since you're generally looking to execute around the same structural area, like it develops the same way on whatever product you kind of just have those charts pre-built and you're just flipping through them. Cause we haven't really talked about this lately. Do you think like, I'm thinking that probably I'd like to incorporate some measure of that into my work, like every morning, like we were taught me and Kyle were talking about that the other day. Um, so how many do you think is too many? Like how many are you looking at? Like how many are you looking at when you're flip, when you say flipping through, are you looking at Dow, Russell, oil ub zb like how how extensive how many are you flipping to when es and nq look like trash yeah so like i'll have um i'll have es and nq up and then the other three products that i look through uh i mean i i chart ym because i've traded it in the past um Mm -hmm. but the other three that i really i i haven't really taken a trade on ym in probably six months but i keep charting it the exact same way just to kind of see uh, you know, the between ES, NQ, and YM just to kind of see where those products are sitting. Um, and then the other three products that I really go through and look at would be uh, UB, CL, and, and Gold, uh, GC. And, and beyond that, I mean, I'll flip to like, I'll flip to RTY, but it's just, it's it's honestly just to see what it's doing. But other than that, I don't, I don't chart anything up on it. Gotcha. And like UB, I mean, you could look to, I mean, on off other products. I've I, I've always traded UB, but there, obviously there's other products that are in the bonds category that you could probably look at as well. Um, that yeah. would, you know, that are going to be a little bit cheaper for risk wise um, than what UB is. UB was absolutely perfect today. Um, set up on our. I don't know if you look back at it, but but we should have just. That's that's almost like confirmation. Because I talked to Kyle about this yesterday or something. I think it was yesterday. And yeah, yesterday we talked about this that I, this idea of possibly incorporating another couple products just to have them watch when, like, when NQ is doing what it did the other day and like just dead, you know, which fortunately I was gone that day. But um, it's rare. It's only a couple, you know, a few times a month. But it like always happens um, at end period on Friday. <laughs> well, that too. But, um, you know, looking back this morning, even like, UB was clean to start, like off the jump. It didn't wait for anything else. Uh, if I don't remember what time it set up, but it was clean. I mean, it was literally t- to the tick, the entry that we would normally look for. And I was just like, wow, we could have, that would have been an easy, we'd have been done quick. Um, so I would like to, to get a little multi-asset um, perspective more often than I do. So... Yeah, and if I and if I had to recommend, uh, let's you know, let's say you're looking at NQ, you know, just you know by itself now, 
Um, you know, I, I would recommend probably doing the exact same setup on ES just to have. And then the other two products, um, I like UB, but UB can be, um, it can be kind of a, um, a tough product to trade because it trades so slow compared to what you're used to. Uh, but it also, I, I don't believe it has micros on that as well. Uh, but I know CL and gold do. So if you wanted to start that setup and start looking at it and actually trading it, you could look to trade micro crude and micro gold. Yeah. Have you noticed, um, I mean, I would assume that cross asset, this, the same things apply. We're looking for the same setup, the same yeah. structures to build. Yep. It's uh, like the, the way that we look at NQ is the exact same way that I look at every product. Nice. Makes sense. There's there's a little bit there's a little bit of nuance in like when you look at and 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 you know when you start looking at it you'll you'll start to realize this but like when we're looking at certain times where there might be like more accumulation um, and and kind of classifying those levels that we or those periods that we talk about um, UB can be a little bit tougher because just of the size of movements you know being that it, you know it may stay within a thirty tick range all day. So when you're looking at classifying certain things, there's a, you know, I think once you get into it, you'll kind of build your own rule sets for each product, or that's just something that I could kind of help you with or how I look at it. I think that sounds like a, might be a good workshop to try to host or a town yeah. hall maybe. Yeah. And just, yeah. Bringing in a new product. Yeah. I, I'd like to sit in yeah. on that. Yeah. Well, too, like I would love. I mean, I still have a. I still have as a primary part of what I'm. When we're in those areas of interest, I'm. I'm still looking at delta. I mean, that's on my. Uh, you know, my execution chart. How delta's building. Uh, in a, you know, whether I'm looking at 750 volume or whether I'm looking at 512 trades or whether I'm looking at a one minute chart. I'm also still looking at delta and how much of. Uh, how much is being you know built one way or the other as moves happen and um, some of those settings would probably need to be adjusted you know if I'm going to have the bigger picture structure chart I'm going to need to have an execution chart as well but those the delta for for those are definitely going to be different than <laughs> than the delta for NQ yeah you'll have to get used you to know? the different kind of numbers and yeah yeah and like we know what size orders to watch for at right. NQ. That's that's all the stuff that makes me nervous about another product. I mean, I'm I'm just Well, you, you know, don't have to I'm trade so, it immediately either. You could Yeah, no, you're right. You you're right. You spend a couple of months just observing it and learning that nuance before you start placing anything. Yeah, but as soon as I see a beautiful setup, it's gonna be hard not to right, just get yourself just another practice account or an account. Just go buy for, a combine just yeah, for CL. Yeah. Dude, that would be a great way to really compare your, um, mm -hmm. you know, your like like Purdue does with his different strategies. He just has different combines or different accounts right. tied for different strategies and only executes those in that account. That'd be a cool way to track your asset performance instead of having to remember what you traded what day or right. use a service or whatever. Just have, you know, one account's my CL trades. That'd be really interesting. Segregation segregation in the right kind of yeah. way be oh, awesome. yeah thank you for the clarifier there. yeah <laughs> i got you Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as sue pullen and i'm pleased to announce that she's back fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as sue mackie 
Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Let's, uh, let's go on and move on to the next topic here then. We'll try to get through this one a little bit quicker uh, so we can spend a little more time on good, bad, and the ugly. Kind of just... This has been coming up kind of off and on, like as we've been doing this podcast and kind of getting to know each other, but like the people that influenced you on your trading journeys, like who were the guys that kind of really helped you along your way, whether they be social media presence or personal connections, like anybody that you guys want to shout out or tell people they should be given a follow to because they're still putting out good information and maybe they're not quite as recognized as they should be. Mm. Yeah, I'll start. Yeah. Um, the the other guy that's on this podcast who I've traded with for like the last seven to eight years. Larry? Uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of them. One of them. He's, he, he, he's one of them. No, I would, I would, I would, I would put, I would put Bob in that category. Um, you know, to be honest, like, like when I got into trading, um, I really didn't follow much of like the social media presence or anything like that. Um, you know, we, we kind of got involved with the crypto stuff. So, you know, basically everything I learned in crypto was wrong um, <laughs> in the sense of what I was, you know, what we were looking at and what we were trading right? Uh, compared to what we look at now and in, in futures and, you know, just kind of building up the trading process and the trading, uh, you know, our, our goals and stuff that we have now. Um, you know, I, I would say Bob is one of the keys in, in, in where I am today. Um, you know, I, and I'll, I'll give a shout out to Flurry as well. Um, you know, I, I didn't spend as much time with Flurry as probably you guys did, but I picked up a hell of a lot of knowledge from him. Um, oh, just yeah. just from being a fly in the wall and just kind of listening to the way he talks and talks about the market. Um, and, you know, beyond that, I mean, I you know, I mean, you know this because that's it's part of the problem with growth is I just don't have a big social media presence. Um, <laughs> so in the sense of like following people, I mean, there's been a handful of people along the way um, that I've picked up small nuances from, but, you know, from where I'm at today, you know, with, uh, like a lot of those people is, you know, I, I still probably include a little bit of their stuff, but I don't necessarily trade off of it, but you know, I, some of it's made its way into your, yeah, yeah, yeah I would say, but the two biggest are probably Baba and Flurry. Um, if, you know, if I, it, you know, if I had to put a, you know, a, a top whatever together, um, and beyond that, I mean, I don't, I'll be honest. I I don't know who else would be like in the sense of just like the trading world. 
Mm-hmm. I'd put you in there, Cal, because you know, in the sense really? that it's hard to find people. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to find people that um, are just true in this game. Uh, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, um, yeah, I think that whole uh, Zach Morris thing kind of. Yeah, I mean, it's, made things it's, look a little worse than they were. We yeah, I mean, were. it's 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 tough, and you know, finding a good community and kind of finding those people. I mean, because I've been in probably a handful of communities that. You know, I got to know a couple of these people and it's just like, it's like that didn't even matter at the end of the day. I mean, you know, you trade with, you know, these people for, you know, hours on, you know, days and, uh, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're kicked out on the street or whatever. But that, that that's a whole that's a whole nother topic. But, you know, getting into the, you know, just the trading aspect of it, I would say Baba, I would say Baba and Flurry. Um <laughs> But, you know, beyond that, I mean, just people in the game. I mean, you know, you, Purdue, um, you know, Joel. I mean, you know, I mean, in the sense of trading wise, I mean, you know, maybe I haven't picked up stuff from you guys, but in the sense of like the way I kind of look at back testing, the way I look at, um, you know, doing my prep, you know, spreadsheets. I mean, I I just I didn't do a lot of that stuff until we kind of did that merge and you kind of started to talk. around. Yeah, I mean, I did back testing, but like. I never wrote anything down. I never kept stats. Wow. Or anything. Yeah. Shows so I how, appreciate that. Shows you how important <laughs> discipline is. Yeah. <laughs> uh no, I appreciate that too. I I never would have guessed that you would have said anything like that. Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously my list includes pretty much everybody that's on this show. Um, there's other people that I think have really kind of influenced me in a positive way. Vico uh, from Trade Pro and George, uh, those two for sure are up there. Um, Rich Friesen, I mean, I got to throw him on that list. Eric's another good one. Eric Smolinski, ES Invests. Uh, he's more for options trading, though. Um, God, there's, I don't know. There's been a lot, but I, I guess I'm in a different position because I've been talking to people for, you know, once a week for the last three years. So a lot more opportunities for people to to come into your life and try to make an impact. Yeah. I've only talked to Baba. So it's also a surprisingly few amount of people on that list, considering how many people I've talked to over the last three years, <laughs> if I'm thinking about it in that way. Uh, Baba, what about you, man? Who's on your, uh, your top five list? Top five. Well, I, I actually have a list of a lot more than five, <clears throat> but um I'm trying to think like if you were talking about people who just have inspired me to some extent. Yeah. Or people who I've learned technical things. I from. think it could be either. I think it's in there. And I, but the point I'm making is someone doesn't have to be a fantastic technician mm-hmm. to still embody some characteristics or some piece of trading or even like up the, their approach that's like really great, mm-hmm. you know? And it's something that you can learn from. I think uh, in this space, everybody wants uh, to point at other people as not knowing what they're doing. And I, I'm guilty at times of being like, Oh my gosh, like what the freak did you hear? Like what that, you know, I'm think I think to myself, like, I can't believe somebody would be looking at that as a reason to buy or sell. You know, that's like, like you must've been watching top step TV today. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it, but <laughs> I'll say it for you. I did message banks and I was like, Oh my God, this is like stepping back in time. 10 years, my guy. I mean, or eight years, you know, it was really, but the proof, but the thing is about that, that you, you realize that like bank says this all the time, 
you can tr- trade anything and yeah. as long as you do it the same way every time and learn learn the nuance of it you can use use it and be profitable yep. um it's the the real variable is 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 you and your emotions and your discipline and your self mastery and all of that stuff that's really that's really the that's really the divider between I mean, that's really the thing that makes yeah, difference. You if you've been practicing and learning for the last two years, you have enough information to be able to develop a successful system at that point, I would think. Yeah, mo- most anything you can find in some kind of edge yeah. in, on, on some time frame or another. You know, and it can be simple or complex, but uh, yeah, it, it really does. I mean, I've seen it in my own trading and from the last episode where we talked about some of the you know, newfound pressures create an, an environment like a mental landscape that's just different than, mm-hmm. than it, you know, ever has been. And that's, you know, that's a new challenge and new adjustment, but it's also part of the deal. As soon as that, as soon as there's progress through that and there's going to be something else. I mean, there's it's all, always it's, something. it's a never ending journey. Yeah. I mean, you don't get into this to, for it to be like a prop your feet up kind of easy. I mean, there's something, it's fun about the challenge and you, and it, and you can't really plan for what the next thing is that's going to be difficult or, or whatever. But as far as people that, um, inspired me, I, I go all the way back to like small cap days. I wish I knew who this guy was or where he is. So if someone listens to this and they were in this room, which it's likely cause it was big, it was a free room, but dude message me on Twitter or, or find me, you know, join discord or something. And, I'd love to just like, I'd love to have a, a five minute conversation with this guy. There was a guy in a room. He called himself King. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, back in the, it was, you know, seven years ago at least. But um, he was big into, um, he did a lot of fading of small cap stuff. And he was, um, he was always hanging out on the, um, on the uh, Heiken Ashi chart, which is, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't look at that at all, but he, he's, he, he was always trading that and, um, seemed to have a propensity to the short side, um, in that market or whatever. But I mean, he just, he was the first person I was ever around that was super bold about like what he was doing and what he thought was going to happen and just let it all hang out. Good, bad, and ugly eat it live in front of people. And it was a free room with, you know, just a bunch of people trading together. Um, and I just, there was a, a, like this, he was like, no matter what happened, he was just always going for the next trade, the next thing. Like he never seemed to. Never phased him. They never rattled yeah, him. Yeah. 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 He was so, so steady, hmm. you know? I mean, he was just, you know, take a stop or eat a stop or lose whatever. And just, you know, next setup, next market, next trade, next day or whatever. Later that day, it didn't matter. So that was cool. I thought Banks that you would have said Trader Trash was on your list. I, I mean, yeah. he's been in the game for a hot second, and yeah, I, um, I I missed that one. Trader, yeah, trash. and and like, yeah, I, we need to have him on the show. I messaged him about coming on the show and just talking about his journey because it's so interesting. He has a room. We were there for a while. I'm still in it. Um, it's a free space. Um, and dude, Banks. So many of the same OG guys that were there. Still there. If you pop in over there, it's the same dudes trading together. It's yeah. hilarious. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> do a crossover. And man. and they do a lot of different. They they trade different style. Mm-hmm. You know, different approach to structure and plan uh, stuff. But one of the things I I learned from him was 
he would always have like all oh, previous all time highs marked or previous weekly highs marked. Yep. And I just felt like his approach to that side of it was really organized. Um, like he had one chart that was dedicated, seemed to be dedicated to all of that. It was just all old significant highs or lows. Um, and then he would use those as targets. And, uh, that was a long time ago. And I, I feel like that, that was just, uh, something about that organization, um, made me think like, I need, I need to slow down enough to have that information available to see. Mm -hmm. Um, because I didn't at that point, I was on a, you know, five minute or one minute or 15 minute chart trading the next, you know, whatever was about to happen. And then the, um, obviously Leo, Leo from back then, not, not, not OFL Leo, although we spent some time together, but Leo from, from that room with trash, just a good trader. He traded gold all the time. And he was a guy that it wasn't his technical. I mean, he, he had a sharp eye and everything. It wasn't all his approach, but he was always encouraging me to expand my, um, targets like to expect more out of the market mm -hmm. um i always saw him bagging these larger trades and felt like man how do you know you know how do you do that and this was back when i was like if i could make a hundred dollars the world would be different right. place and seeing him do that made me realize it's possible and believe that i could do it too so again so much of the ones that i'm listing are more inspirational attributes that mm -hmm. they carry not so much they're the technician that they were, which, you know, not that they weren't great technicians, but in their own way. Um, but you know what I'm saying? No, I think it just um, goes to show what the hardest part to learn is, or maybe the, the part that's yeah. where you really need to get that inspiration. It's not going to come from yeah. a new setup or a new strategy. It's going to come from watching somebody show you what's possible. Yeah. It like expands what you think can be achieved. Right. You know, well said, man. Yeah. Um, and then like, some of the people I traded with a lot, obviously I traded with Flurry for a long time um, before, you know, Vanna uh, trading, before you trade. I mean, we traded together for a couple, a year or more before any of that. Mm -hmm. And um, same thing, like his, his approaches, like I would say more on the technician side. And then his honesty, like we shared, you know, we've shared a lot of battle wound stories and, you know, uh, bad days and good days. And like just having someone that, you know, has been through the same things that you've been through both now for me, like in the fact that he's traded professional, like as a main source of income for a hot second, um, you know, being able to kind of press in to him as I'm bridging over into that has been helpful. Um, cause he talk about, we, we talked about like looking at a trade, through the lens of what like the technical expectation like the anticipation that this move on this setup should yield a move to this level and so we're cutting our knees out from under us if we scale ahead of that level but then also seeing that you can't be blind to the p l and going like that's uh you know whatever yeah. that's a grocery so that's a house payment like i could go ahead and just have that taken care of there's a real you know some figuring out with that and then I, I got to say, John Doe, who's in our room and hangs out a little bit, it's always just been so sharp. He's just a sharp trader. He's, he's always thinking. He's going to be um, on soon, right? We got to get him on, yeah. yeah. I mean, he is just – he's a pattern genius, dude. And if it, whether it's watching the flows in the options market like he used to all the time or whether it's you know price action on the NASDAQ or whatever, um, 
I've just always appreciated that about John. I feel he like always seems to be in it like the nut low. Like how does he get uh, those yeah. entries? <laughs> and the, what's funny too is John gave me my nickname because of that very thing when we used to trade together. We traded yeah. together for probably almost a year every day, and he said that like, oh, you're you're like a sniper, you're, you know, whatever. Which I'm not, but then I was really trying to be like I wanted the, the, that you know glory moment of being right. like I was. I'm short from like two ticks off the high. Um, and so that's how the Baba Yaga thing got started. I did not pick it. He did. Um, can't pick your own nicknames. No, you can't do that. I echo rich reason for sure. First person that I, uh, incited emotion out of me with regard to trading, like listening to him talk to other people and mm-hmm. the things he said, I never had like been emotional in that way. Like I've been emotional because I was frustrated or, on a really bad day or a really tough streak, but never in the development side of introspection and stuff like that. Um, and then this guy deserves a lot of like, people need to go follow him. They need to go watch his videos. If you're interested in market profiling, TPO, um, auction market theory, um, Charles with the brigade. So with the pirate traders, if you've ever heard of him, uh, just yeah. make sure I got the link for his Twitter profile. And I'll make yeah, sure he, gets he doesn't do a ton on Twitter. YouTube is pretty active. He oh, live streams works, yeah. every once in a while, but he has a, a Discord. It's uh, it's very affordable. I'm not trying to like farm everyone out of uh, of Vanta to go there, but <laughs> but but he would be a great follow. And and as much on the um, technical side, if you want to learn like TPO stuff, he's he's great in uh, TPO technician. Um, but then also listen to listen to his trading live. Listen to how settled and um, emotionless almost and um, just steady he is um, hmm. and the confidence he has in the approach that he brings, whether it's different than mine or different than yours, that is what makes him uh, a capable trader. And he made the transition to full-time trading uh, during COVID. He's got a video where he talks about it. And I asked him, he probably doesn't remember this, but I asked him what what that was like and he or either someone did or something. I know that I ha- had messaged him about it, but he talked about it in that video or another one. And he was like, you almost have to trick yourself into believing that you're excellent. Hmm. <laughs> like he's like, <laughs> I was kind of unsure of myself starting out. I'd always traded, you know, in addition to a job. And when I was like, all right, I'm going to make a run at this. I almost just had to like tell myself that I was awesome and like believe it. Right. Um, and then just act accordingly. So, um, Charles with the brigade, if you hear this, which you probably won't, but, um, you know, I listen to your stuff all the time and, um, I think you're legit. You should come do, you should come on the podcast sometime. Let us pick your brain. Get, uh, yeah. Send me that. I'll make sure that link gets in there and I'll try to message him. See if we can't get him on. You never know. Yeah. Right. He's cool, man. He's chill. And he does bonsai plants too. That's his other thing. Oh, bonsai like, trees. Like that's his, like Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, like that's his deal. Like one time he was doing a live stream. He was like, hold on a second, delivery guy's here. And it was like a new bonsai tree that he had ordered. He had to go get from the uh, from the delivery guy. And nice. then shout out Macro Tactical. Listening to him sling the time for the amount. We traded together for a while with a, with a group of guys. And you want to talk about someone who just goes with the flow, literally. Um, like listening to him trade live and the lack of care he has about taking a loss or not like it is just he's mm-hmm. in he's out he's short he's long but not in this that sounds flippant but it's he's just flippant, right yeah he is just uh 
he just rolls with it, man. So hmm. I've always appreciated that. Like it's a, there's a boldness to his approach that's, that's, that's set in years of experience and tutelage under other great traders that, you know, he, he mentions, but yeah, his ability just to fire, man, just to pull the trigger, like <laughs> just gets it. So that's it. I'll stop. But a lot of those people inspirational in different ways, but definitely a part of this adventure I've been on. And of course, of course, last, but certainly not least the guy on the other side of the screen kept me alive, kept me in the game. Not, not really alive, but um, kept me in the game. Kept you in the game for sure. You kept me in the game, story. you know, kind of believed in me when I didn't believe in me and still has continued to do that through the years at different times. And I mean, you know, I think everybody has to have somebody like that for this all to work out. I mean, you got to have somebody. That, that sounds like it. a topic for next week, I think. What's that? You might have to revisit that one. Like how important it is to have someone believes in you. Oh, it changes everything. Yeah. But uh, I think we're getting close to yeah. the end of the topics here, so we probably should move on and do some good, bad, and ugly. Let's do it. Who would like to go first? Mm, mine would be short. This week, um, the good from this week, I guess there was – um, that was a couple good trades in there. I think the good from this week actually though, uh, it was about trading, but it was some conversations that I had mm -hmm. this week. You were a part of one of them and yeah. you were a part of one of them banks and, um, and part of some of them are recorded. You can listen to that on last podcast that came out. Some of it, we, we, we didn't record and use live. Um, that was just real, um, real cool to have a member of our room contribute in such a substantial way by just asking some really cool questions. Really and, good uh, questions. Yeah. yeah. So that was my good. I think that was by far my good. Bad was, um, bad was probably today just because we took two stops for no reason because I wasn't again, paying attention to the news that was coming. Oh, at, you at, know um, that. You know that if something shows up on the bad twice, though, it doesn't. It can't be a bad anymore. That's going to be an ugly. Is it okay? It's an ugly. Yeah. That's happened multiple times. So that wasn't even a. I don't think that was a red label news either. I don't think it was only orange. No, it was like pending home sales or something. Yeah, but what happened is the market was kind of waiting. Um, right. Yep. And everyone that was anticipating long, which was the trade, we were looking for to be long, and we had as we if you. I mean, you were there. So, I mean, I think that like the low of the day at that point was the midpoint we really wanted to trade off of if we traded to and held. Yeah. Um, Euro mid. Euro. Yeah. And we wanted to, so once we got inside that candle high, you know, we wanted to see us get down and trade to that and then evaluate if we stuff there, then like the out, the upside move would be, would be anticipated to be an outside move that would mm -hmm. trade to the prior sessions range high, which we, traded through to the T, right? But pending that news, we were tickling around some areas that were just above that. So we we're fishing for a long, take a stop, waited a few minutes, took another one, took a stop. And um, then I was like, what is the, what are we waiting on here or something? You know, he looked and it's like, oh my God. Or bank said like, we have news yeah. at 10. And I'm like, yeah. well then why aren't we not doing anything <laughs> else till after the freaking news? This is the second time that this has happened. 
So that was the ugly and the bad. It was like, uh, I mean, I was trading small size on Fridays. Obviously, it was micros. It wasn't a big deal, but it was just um, those little things like that. You know, the market is tricky. It's just a tricky little devil because you're you're completely right mm-hmm. um, about what is about to unfold and your and your positioning without the awareness of like the news and what was kind of creating that kind of grindy choppy scenario preceding that um just ended up kind of being annoyed with that but so that was the bad and ugly i guess all clumped together um i was thinking about mine i had a tough time writing up a good this week uh my trading this week i don't think was all that great to begin with um but i think i can take some good away of like i've had the right idea a lot of the times it's the execution of that, I think, is where I've been. Like, it's the lack of patience. And I think that some of the freewheeling that I was doing with that Top Step X account last week kind of oh. came back and bit me a little bit today. <laughs> your blood a little bit. I knew it was going to happen. I was just uh, curious how it was going to manifest. And uh, I kind of, like, recentered in the afternoon today and managed to kind of turn things around. Uh, probably not the best way. I flipped over to micros because we are middies because we had those uh, free resets coming. I was like, all right, well, you know what? Let's quit this death by a thousand cuts thing. Like you'd mentioned the <laughs> at another conversation we had. Yeah. I was like, let's go ahead and see what we can do with one mini <laughs> at a spot where like, I really want to get it. So I waited for like the setups to show up on my Sierra charts account. I had it pulled up on two different pages. And when I saw the spot I wanted, I fired my shot and I took it to the fruition and, like, I don't know, it felt pretty good. So if I can, if I could kind of build off of that, I think, uh, I think I might be onto something here. Well, yeah. And it's nice that the market rewarded you for following your process to a T, mm-hmm. you know, it, it would have been annoying if you followed your process to a T and took a stop, you'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know, I can't win. Ugh. But it's, it's nice when, when you slow down, you know, take it, take it all in wait patiently for something that you have precedent for and take that and that, you know, and you get rewarded. I mean, it's not about the P and L, but the, it's a, it's the process yielding right. what the expectation is, is such a satisfying thing. So that's definitely a good. And then the other thing I was doing really well was moving my stops to break even like banks does. I think I'm finally starting to learn from that Yeah, where like I can see when the move is starting to happen and now I'm starting to recognize like, okay, if it does not go and hit this take profit, I do not want to be in this trade anymore. Yeah. And that is a, that is a, um, that is a freeing feeling, but it's, Mm -hmm. it's, that's a hard one, man. That's hard for me. Um, that's hard for me. Like I'm, 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 I get, I'm not a quick to break even guy like that. I probably should be more usually either, but I've, I've been kind of liking it, but you're right. Like, you're right. When, when we, the areas we're trading should be sharp corners. Mm-hmm. I mean, the expectation is movement. I mean, it, it, I, I think a way to think about that and I, I'm going to, I'm starting to write notes on the, so like on the notepad, I'm showing him a notepad. Yeah. So not on this part of the notepad, but on this part, uh-huh. I'm starting to write a couple of key things each morning um, to just remind me. And I think that, that idea is one I'm going to start writing on there is that the anticipation is that this goes to this moves with a certain pace. I'm looking right. for a certain pace to come out of this. So if I get stopped out at break even, cause that pace doesn't come and then, you know, we mill around and then go, well, that's fine. Right. Because, yeah. because what I wanted to see 
And what I anticipated was this, was that pace. It should get me away from this entry quick enough, you know? And so I, yep. I really like that. I think, I think that's a good, that's a good takeaway as well to pick up on. I still have an ugly to say here. Don't say it. Don't say it. Just skip it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I have to because it's, uh, you know, the show's all about being honest, right? I have slacked off on my journaling this past week. And as big of a proponent as I've been for that, I've got a lot of work to do this weekend, journaling every single trade that I've missed over the last two or three days uh, before I can take another trade. That's going to be insightful for you. I hope so. If some of the trading, ha- you said you kind of got a little willy-nilly with it. Yeah, it'll it, it's going to be. Int- I wonder how you'll uh, think about about that on the backside. That'd be a good. I'd love to follow up. I can tell you how I'm going to think about it because I can tell you right now I don't want to do it because <laughs> I don't want to face it. So that means that obviously I'm not going to like it. But you have to, right? If you don't, you're not going to learn. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Banks. What about you, man? How was your week? Um, overall, uh, it was good. I had a green week. Um, so that's, that's my good. Um, but I'll focus more on the bad and the ugly. And I think that they both come from today. Um, Oh yeah. Which, which I, I, you know, I talked about this on, on chat. The bad was, um, I'll, I'll, and I'm trying to figure out which one is worse to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, really bad. I'll say the bad is the managing of the trade that I was in. Um, I, I, I went a little bit more out of my process to the P and L mindset took, uh, mm-hmm. took two stops, which I'll talk about in the ugly, uh, which was exactly what Bob, I talked about, but the, uh, just, just poor management of, of the overall trade setup. We had it perfectly kind of marked. Um, it played out kind of what I thought was going to play out. Um, I just happened to take two kind of dumb stops before that and got it back to, uh, to break even on the day and, uh, and, you know, made a little bit of money and then, um, kind of got out to solidify that, you know, that profit didn't want it to come back against me mm-hmm. and then basically looked for another re-entry and I just never got it. Um, uh, which in, uh, in reality, I, I said this on chat this really should go another 20, 30 points higher, which is where I should have been taking it. Um, and just not thought of the P and L aspect of it, but you know, you live and you learn. That's like Baba said earlier, you can't really, it, it'd be nice if we can separate ourselves from that, but you can't do that completely. No. Um, and then the ugly was just not noticing time. Um, in, in two scenarios, you know, and, and, you know, Baba talked about this, Took two stops right before, uh, I think it was new home sales today. Yeah, yeah, that's um, what it was. Kind of got long in the 30 spot. And I even said this, I said, if we break below this, we're probably going to that 06, 09 area. Uh, mm-hmm. The low when that happened was 04. And that's where the that's where the, the trade that I talked about came in at was 10, basically, when we came down there. Uh, but to, just took two not needed uh, entries or not needed stops before news. Mm, right. But, but that's what I've noticed. I mean, I've noticed this, my stops and, and I've said this on chat are typically in areas where it's like those micro changes. It's mm-hmm. like not noticing that the change is coming like within a minute or two. And oh. it's, and it's, you know, I would say most of my stops that I take um, are just kind of mistakes on my part. 
in the sense of just not being per and, and I don't know if it's not being prepared or not noticing. Um, cause I think the trade setup is there, but the way that I'm entering trades is more time-based. Um, well, that's still new to you too though. So I mean, some yeah, of that just like true. getting used to thinking of it yeah, that way. True. true. But yeah, but the, yeah, the ugly was, uh, was definitely just the lack of, uh, of awareness of the time and what was coming when those stops were taking place. See, I like how Baba has that timer on his chart that tells him when the next change is happening. Maybe that's something that you can look at trying to incorporate just to kind of keep that in the back of your mind when you got the charts up, have it right, right there on the chart. Yeah. Um, I've actually started to just kind of like remember those micro changes <laughs> <laughs> just, just because they're the, the exact same thing every day. Right. Um, right. But you know, the, the news wise, I mean, that's the thing is I knew the news was then I knew it was in five minutes. I just literally said that and then took a stop as I was saying. It sounds like <laughs> we know. need a checklist morning checklist so we can pre-flight checklist, yeah. man. Yeah. Well, and new, I used to check news first every time and I got a guy I've gotten out of that, but we need to start with news on the cake. And then we, and then honestly, in that moment of clarity before anything's on the line, before we're in anything, we, we probably ought to make a decision in a, in a moment of chill. Like there's been times we've talked about this, where we've been burned by entering before news, mm-hmm. but then there's been times where entry sets up and it's freaking perfect. Yeah. The news in 15 minutes and you're like, I don't want to be in a trade with news. And then that's like the, you know, news never looks back. That entry was fine for the rest of the day. So I think we need to just, it's hard to say, okay, no trading before a 10 o'clock news event. But maybe if, if there's a perfect setup, like if we'd attack 906 mm-hmm. pre-news 10 minutes before, five minutes before, maybe that's the trade. If you're going to put some risk on before the news, it's there and not in that intermediate spot at 40 or 30, whatever, 30 something, 32 or 36 or yeah, you almost, whatever that. You almost need to be in an entry where you can get your stops up to break even or plus some. Yeah, or just the the hardest, sharpest spot you have for the day. Yeah. You're like, okay, if we get there, all right, I'll I'll entertain it. And that was that low. I mean, that was going to be, I mean, I, I, that was that was the the spot we felt like yep. was pretty key. So, um, yeah, Banks, have you? And this is like a side though. When you were in, because I know the trade you were in. We talked about it, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, I let." I mean, I you left, you know. It was a good bit of money on the table with that one. I did too. Um, so two two thoughts. One would be, I just wonder if you thought about this, like when you know your P and L is red, but like on the week you're still fine. You know, if you just lay that drawdown against the backdrop of the week, would that be helpful to like settle you to to be okay with letting that runner go or letting that rest of that size be a part of it? You know. I mean, it, it does. Um, so that was not on a cash account that was on a, uh, exp- uh, on a funded account with uh, top step. So uh, for that yeah. standpoint, you're always against a daily draw. Um, yeah. So on that, yeah. you know, it's, Good it's kind of your fight. And then also you're fighting a trail too, because it's end of day trail. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you take a, you know, you have it come all the way back up to break even on the day. And you take it back to where your stop is, and all of a sudden you went from, 
you know, minus 1200 to, to zero to minus 1200 again. And all of a sudden you're staring at the, at the trail again, at, at kind of where you were at that entry. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've thought of it that way. Um, and, and, and even to thinking of it, like, you know, what if I took, cause I was in three contracts on that trade. Um, yeah. so in reality, I ended up like a couple hundred bucks with that trade and I just called it a day then. Um, but from where I was to where that should have went, the, you know, that's the difference of being up a couple hundred bucks and being up a couple thousand dollars. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the core shouldn't have come off where it did. The core should have came off 20 points higher. Mm-hmm. And then there was a runner on that as well. So, you know, that, uh, one of the things when we're trading on the right side of trend that did come out of listening to the top step thing, um, trying to, uh, filter through all of that. But one of the guys talked about when he's scalping, he's going to try to, to, to close those trades on the max excursion for the entry. So he's going to scale into strength and he, he's going to, like the highest price he sees while he's in the trade, he anticipates that whenever he's fully out, like he'll be scaling at highs. You know, he, he's he's not sliding a stop up and trailing it on on a scalp type trade that might be counter trend, but on a trend type trade, he talked about the idea of scaling whatever swing lows, five minute swing lows, you know, fifteen minute swing lows or whatever, and so even in the, in those situations where it's important to capture some of the profit, one of the things he was talking about is on a trade that's with strong trend, he doesn't anticipate his runner to be closed at the highest price he's seen um, because he's going to try to give it a chance to go the rest of whatever time frame, the day or the hour or that four hour candle. So he's going to trail it up. And so the anticipation is that that one will get stopped out on a pullback, but he gave it the chance. Does yeah, that make sense? Yeah, like yeah, I had yeah. never thought about it quite that way. I like to think of my with trend trades as also top tick exits, but in reality to get the most out of that runner, that's something that maybe be worth like back testing a little bit or just looking back or even keep it in the back of the pocket. Yeah, if the trends holding like the short term or short time frames, like you might as well trail with it, especially if it's real strong. If they're buying every single pullback, at like yeah. the first available opportunities then yeah yeah and and you banks you do such a good job of defining those edges too yes when we're in a move like you do such a good job of saying well they if they lose this then you know we're going to here and like maybe you know lean into your ability on that you know yeah because you definitely and then if it's like well if they lose this if the lose this spot is too far down for your comfort level then yeah, okay, scale ahead of it. But if the lose this spot is within reason for where you are in the PL, like, you know, maybe you get to capture 20% or 30% more of that or something. I don't know. Just a thought. I mean, obviously yeah. you're you're doing just fine, but <laughs> no, I mean there's 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 yeah, there's always room to grow on that. I mean, you know, because we, we talk about those legs of moves, uh directional wise. Um the only problem with that one is that we <laughs> we were kind of one timing down. So I was kind of going against where we were, you know, cause you know, we uh, went from the highs yeah. and we were kind of coming down and we really couldn't get any acceptance above 70 then above 60, above 50. 
and then we had the you know that final move down and then basically we popped all the way back up to where our original entries were trying to develop yep um and basically and that's why i said on chat like they cannot pull this back at all because i th- i thought my entry was probably in risk yeah well that makes sense that's what kind of made the decision and then once we broke above that you know they could have pulled it down another 30 points to where I, I would have been comfortable there, uh, but I still wouldn't have been green. So I just, yeah. I made the, I made the decision being that it's Friday to, you know, I kind of made a mess of a Friday, which I try not to, and just got it back to. Well, and that, yeah, I think the other takeaway is that you, you, you didn't have to go into the weekend being annoyed or frustrated that is worth a lot. And there's something to say for that mental capital and that like emotional equity being preserved. So, you know, I'm not saying it was the wrong decision at all. Yep. Well, it was because we went 100 points higher. But, <laughs> yeah. but hindsight's always <laughs> perfect. That's yeah, true. Right. true. Well, what do you guys say? Let's get a bold prediction done. We can wrap up so we can get Banks to bed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, hmm, who, Lead us off, Kyle. Want me to start? All right. This is yeah, going to be this is going to be pretty bold. This one is going to be on M period challenges. I think Joel is going to win not only his first M period challenge next month, but I think he's actually going to win two. Oh. He will win two M period challenges in the month of February. That's my prediction. Wow. I was going to okay. say one, but I said, no, we got to be bold. I'm going two. Got to be bold. Well, I think that's a fantastic. I hope it comes true. He's just your son can't coming, play then. Trading well. Yeah, we'll keep Biggs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll keep him off the keyboard. I think some people quit the other day when he was. No, there so was well. a few, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's 10 years old, so. Dude, he came – okay, we can cut this if we need to, but he came in here today and saw the in-period trades. He was playing outside. He looked at the chart. He looked at the like larger time frame chart that showed the entries and exits. Then he went over to the small time frame chart, and then he goes – and he like held his hand up to nice. give me five, and he was like, you saw it struggling to go back up there, so you thought it would go down, didn't you? And I was like, uh – yeah, sort of. But it was just hilarious. He looked at it, pointed at the PL, pointed at the thing, and like high five nice. me. And I was like, what is life here? He's 10 years old. He was Jack, dude. I can't wait to. I'm going to give him my login credentials and let him trade one of my accounts. Just give him. He's got to have a little drawdown room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Banks, uh, what's yours, man? What do you got for us? So I got to. Well, know go, what the first one is. Yeah, yeah, the first one's my daughter. I got to go with that one. I'm, I'm superstitious now. Um, so I'll two say for two it. on that. Yeah, two for two. So she's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that she's gonna win first next Friday. That's why I'm not gonna be here. My bold prediction for this week is, uh, we talked about this Apple. Uh, um, that yeah. that we we tr- we finally trade above two hundred. You think earnings is gonna be the catalyst that does it? I don't know. I just needed something for tonight, so I figured. <laughs> We, you know, we're triple, to- we're tri- we're triple topping up here. I'm hoping that we just I go know. up. <laughs> I broke out of that big old flag it was sitting in. It held that 182 support really well. Earnings are coming out on Thursday. Its previous all time high now is like what not 199.66. Yeah, 199. 
I'm hoping that we at least get the the the, the peak above at least. Yeah, I th- I think that's a pretty good prediction. I like that one. Apple above two hundred trades above two hundred next trades week. above two hundred. Wow, oh, man, it's got. Yeah. Oh. I wonder if I should put another bet on this one too. Like I did with the uh, the football, football games. Yeah. Just throw some calls on on Monday for Friday yeah. above two hundred. Yeah. Call it good. What do you got for us, Baba? All right, man. So um, this is like bold ish. I mean, I think it'll count. So we have played in two trivia nights in the last two weeks, my wife and I, and um, we've went to two trivia nights um, and won them both. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and there's wait, another wait. one. Who, who won them for you guys? Okay, my wife, right, my wife, right. she's a boss. Okay, <laughs> and, um, and what were at, the topics? Trivia. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, bro, it's like that. Yeah, the play like that. All right, so we the first one was friends. Friends yeah. actually went with uh, somebody from the room. Actually, he, my wife, me and my wife, and and he and his wife, which is cool because he's he trades with us in the mornings, and we went got the family together and did a little trivia thing. So we won that one. My wife answered everything. That was friends, the show friends, the TV show friends. And then this week was a uh, Gilmore girls trivia boys. And uh, you can judge me all you want, but in college I watched that with my wife and you know, it's, I mean, they sucked me in. What can I say? Hey, my wife has been so. trying to get me to do it. I just can't deal with the fact they talk too fast for me. It just sounds unnatural. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a paced show, that's for sure. But but I did like the um, Mrs. Maisel one. That's the same writer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. So there's another Friends trivia that I am not going to go to. Um. That my wife is going to go with my sister, and it's at a different place. And I bet they win that one as well. Oh God, yeah. I would not. I think it would be more bold to say that she loses it. <laughs> Well, but I think she's going to win. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it's also bold. Three trivia – I mean, three in a row, dude. I mean, that's that's st- getting statistically improbable. There's- so we need you and your wife to join our trivia team because I got all the general knowledge. My wife does all the linguistic stuff. Like, she knows words like you wouldn't believe. Uh, but we're terrible at pulp culture. Oh, yeah. Well, it's very niche for my wife. It's going to have to be um, Boy Meets World, Gilmore Girls – Friends. Oh, I used to watch a shitload of Boy Meets World. Yeah, that those shows uh, from uh, would be the ones that we we could slay out. But um, yeah, I, I don't really know much. I know those sh- shows. I don't really know much anything else popular like except Keanu Reeves. In, except yeah, I've watched a lot of a lot of shooting shows <laughs> like. Speaking of which, they just put all the John Wick movies on uh, Max. I was watching them uh, when the wife goes to bed. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I almost slipped up and said they're such good movies. Um, they're, I think they're just fun movies. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yes. It's just fun adventure, guns, fire, just crazy. It's what the you know? 80s used to be when they were pumping out movies. Yeah. Don't give me some... I don't need a, 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 a mind-blowing storyline with a bunch of twists and turns. Just have somebody kill somebody's dog and you know hurt his feelings yeah. and then him go on a rampage yeah, you know, I mean, look, or I shoot I his dog. I want to watch Denzel Washington try to get a kidnapped girl back and murder yeah, his way simple. through Mexico. Like, yeah, casual, <laughs> casual. 
casual cut yeah. off a guy's fingers, yeah. taped to a steering wheel, no big exactly. deal. Yeah, exactly. More of this, please. All right. So Baba's not so bold prediction is his wife goes makes a three peat. Sorry. But the same night, uh, Baba goes and plays uh, the Golden Girls. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did I say Banks was influential? I was kidding. No, no, right? <laughs> I don't even like the guy. <laughs> All right. Well, I got Joel winning two Empire challenges next month. Bob, uh, Baba's got his wife getting the three peat in the trivia night. Uh, Banks has got not only his daughter getting a three, because we got two three peats going on here. Uh, he's yeah, also yeah, that's true. He's also got Apple trading above two hundred next week. Uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode, though. So I would like to say thank you to Baba and Banks here for joining me this evening, and everybody who listened who stuck around to the bitter end. Please uh, show our panelists some love. Check out those links in the show notes. Uh, we'll make sure we have all those uh, people that we talked about in the previous segments, too, if you want to go check out some of their stuff as well. Uh, you can go check out the new... I keep saying check out. You can... Uh, what's another word for check out? Go give a look or a listen. Yeah, go look at the... I don't like that. Visit... Fuck. <laughs> How long these need to be outtakes? Oh God, I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, go. Uh, show some love. I, I did that already. Show our panelists some love. Check out their links in the show notes. Remember to check out the new combined Discord where you can trade with us during Friday and periods. Listen to these live recordings, discuss strategies and back testing with the best Discord community around. We'll also have links for the favorite followers that we talked about earlier. Those people that were influential in our lives. If you want to go listen to some of their stuff. Uh, we will be back soon with another exciting episode, hopefully as impressive as winning a two back-to-back trivia nights in a row. But till that day, smash that five-star rating, leave a review, and have a wonderful day. This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only, does not constitute financial or investment advice, and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop Productions.